Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We alluded to it in the last segment that we've got uh, parents, I think it's safe to say all parents. Uh, in this case, it's not necessarily schools, but it's the uh, Huntington Beach uh, Library uh, that is uh, trying to figure out what is okay and what is not okay to put on the shelves. Corbin Carson has been following this story. And uh, Corbin, what was the what was the impetus behind the the very contentious uh, city council meeting last night? And then uh, how how was that resolved? Yeah, this thing went on to one o'clock in the morning. And Chris, I got to tell you, this is the kind of story I can really get into as a journalist because there are legitimate arguments on both sides of this debate, and also have to warn parents or anyone with youngsters in the car that the following material might be too sensitive for young ears. Okay, so the Huntington okay. Beach City Council, they supported ways uh, for find, uh, making it harder for children to access sexually explicit books at city libraries, but there were hours of this brouhaha first and about 100 speakers, hundreds of emails, both for and against the proposal. Council, Councilwoman Gracie Vandermark uh, her proposal passed 4-3. Um, it was about a uh, asking the city attorney and city manager to return with various options in September uh, for ways to restrict access to these books. And, and then let's start with Vandermark, who says the city needs to set up the system restricting, restricting access to kids of these, quote, obscene books approved by city leaders, claiming she discovered multiple pornographic children books that are in the Huntington Beach City Library. Here she is explaining some that are found in the children's section. A girl often rubs her clitoris. A boy rubs his penis. A person may have 
a warm, good, tingly, exciting feeling all through his or her body while masturbating. It also teaches you blood play, how to play with blood, BDSM, sadomasochism. There's a section here for edge play. Edge play is generally referred to as sexual activity that crosses the line of what is physically or emotionally safe, sane, or consensual. Some examples are breath restriction or blood play, engaging in plant abduction or forms of humiliation, and exploring fantasies that may trigger fears or particularly strong adverse reactions like incest. And so that's a lot. And then while she's playing yeah. this, she has a slideshow showing these, uh, a lot of these images that, again, are, are like maybe little cartoons that kind of describe various different uh, actions. Yeah, hentai, we call that. And yeah. Yeah. Right. And then right. so she, she goes on to say uh, that this is not a book ban. It is uh, it, it is it is trying to find a reasonable approach to keeping these books away from kids. We are open to any ideas that staff or city attorney or the community comes up with, because I'll tell you that book that gender career before they moved it out. I only learned about that book because a 10 year old handed it to me. By the time these books get to the complaints, by then a child has already seen the book. So we're trying to protect it. I just don't understand why anybody has a problem with warning parents that some of this material is in these books. Not banning them, not removing them, but letting the parents know so they can make an informed decision. So that was the four argument. There were some speakers that also spoke for uh, for this, uh, for this uh, potential book ban, but it went on for hours. Uh, man, a lot here, though. Yeah, so, uh, Corbin, we got examples of uh, some of what was explicit. Are these books on the bottom shelf where kindergartners are picking them up? Or are these books that no, are in, like, were... the young adult section? They're 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 in a preteen like a like a sixth through twelfth grade type area in the books and and some of them had been moved that's what Vandermark said but as mm. you can imagine there was a lot of discussion about First Amendment rights and people uh, and censorship here here are some speakers against this idea let the career experts do their job that they were hired to do and most especially keep your Millie unintelligent, lack of knowledge, power grabbing, pandering, showboating <laughs> paws off our library. Two of your so-called porno books we have used in our house to teach our grandsons sex education instead of them going to YouTube. So, yeah, I, I mean, I got kids, so I, I get what Vandermark is saying. And then, of course, you see the other side of it, of where are they supposed to find this material and get answers? Absolutely. Uh, so I think part of the question is that we're going we're gonna to learn about some of these things, like BDSM, and then we're going to go to, <laughs> to the Internet and we're going to type that in, right? I mean, is that kind of the worry that it's, it's a gateway uh, a book? Is, is well, that look, the concern? There was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot about the concerns about there. One would be there were some insinuations of the concerns. One would be that the there were there were several LGBTQ books that were referenced, uh, um, and that this was a a an attempt to take that material away from suggesting such such behavior to kids. And here's another person explaining a, a kind of the librarian's version. She was talking about, hey, uh, um, you know, it's a good thing Benjamin Franklin was appointed the nation's first 
librarian, she says, because if a city attorney from England had been chosen to run the country or to, to, to be the country's librarian, there might, the country might be different to this day. The proposed changes suggest that we as individuals, as parents, as a community, are not smart enough or strong enough to walk into a library and make decisions for ourselves or talk to our children about making decisions about how to encounter a wide array of books and make choices and judgments that are right for us. Item 18 proposes that the city attorney should make decisions about what books belong in the library and that our city should break from the American Library Association, or ALA. I hold a master's in library and information science, so what I understand is that these proposals are the equivalent of hiring a lawyer who hasn't passed the bar or scheduling surgery with a doctor who isn't licensed to practice. It will lower our city's standards. So, yeah, then, you know, it just goes on and on. I mean, some people were saying that th this was like a claim. They, they, they brought up Nazi Germany censorship, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit uh, 451 fiascos. They're saying uh, this, you know, po politicians should focus on city budgets and let these librarians choose and parents kind of kind of differentiate what should be good for kids and what should not be good for kids. Yeah, I guess I'm just a little bit still confused about why this is all of a sudden an issue. Uh, the the books that they're referencing or, or medical books discussing sex education are not new. So why is this taking, why is this making headlines now? Why, why did somebody bring this up now? Was there something that all of a sudden they went, wow, you know, this is, was there a particular book that dropped that they said, whoa, whoa, hang on here. We need to reevaluate. Or is this, well, Vander this part of this current wave of, uh, of of uh, we don't like anything that has to do with sex and children, which is understandable, except I don't think that we can put kids in chastity belts until they're 18 and then unleash them on the world with no education. Your answer is hidden in that beautiful word or you used, Chris, because I believe yeah. that or should be and. It was both of those things at once. They are arguing okay. for yeah, they're arguing that some of these books should not be in, uh, in, uh, brought to children's eyes. They're also, this is also part of that wave. You know, you had the flags, the, the LGBTQ flags in the building. You had people uh, um, pointing out uh, the signs that they were holding up signs saying drawings that are in these books of, of oral sex and reading or reading parts from these library books that you could see on the signs describing such sex or other sexual uh, topics. Here's another person that's, uh, that's for the ban. The issue here is not banning books as many have claimed but what is age appropriate this book called read with pride for the lgbtqia notice there's no parents in this book this seems more like promoting a lifestyle rather than simply providing information why are we even recommending books about sexuality to young children it doesn't even make sense this is a public library not a private library our tax yeah. dollars are funding this it's time that as a community we unite and rethink this entire process. So yeah, you're you heard people saying we're not burning yeah. books. We're we're saying this should not be available to minors. I know that falls back on the whole. It's, a, it's promoting a lifestyle. Okay, well, a book with uh, with a, a hetero couple in it is promoting a lifestyle. Then, uh, oh, yeah. and I there was a great example. I think it was somebody in Missouri was using it, and they said. Uh, if you know that George Washington and Martha Washington were married, are you promoting the heterosexual lifestyle? Hmm. Right, and they're like, well, no. Right. Okay. So if yeah. uh, if you know that Eleanor Roosevelt had a girlfriend, are you promoting the the homosexual lifestyle? Yes. No. Wait a minute, Aaron. You know. <laughs>
So yeah, again, yeah. That's, uh, this is why I enjoy such stories like this because of uh, of the. There the, are points, right? Right on both sides. Yeah. On both sides, people are making points. Yeah. Hey, great work on that, Corbin. I appreciate, appreciate it, your, sir. your efforts on that. Yeah, good job. Uh, listen, I don't disparage anybody that's trying to make sure that the kids have an adequate education and that the kids do so in such a, a safe learning environment. But let's start from things that we can agree on. I think we can agree that parents are not trying to put hustlers in uh, the library, right? We're not trying to say, hey, public library, come on down here and take a look at the latest penthouse. I know they've all been out of business since forever, but you get my point, right? I think we agree on that. The question is, what is educational, and how much is too much education, and how much access should somebody have to that, and at what age? Reasonable questions. I get it. I get it. Maybe we need to hire an expert to look into that. Who in the world would we put in charge of being an expert of a library? <laughs> Beyond me. That's weird. I have no idea who would even start with. It's Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640, in for John and Ken, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. The missing sub, and it's a submersible, not a submarine in the Atlantic. It's Chris Marilyn for John and Ken today on KFI AM 640. Uh, quick recap, if you have not missed this, it's been... Deborah, is it safe to say this is not only a news story, but it's a great water cooler story? I mean, this is kind of what people are buzzing about. That oh, doesn't, absolutely. We don't have a whole lot of left, right. Uh, you can talk about this in polite company, that sort of thing, yeah. right? We can do that yeah. right now. So the, uh, the the missing Titan submersible. So the Titan is this uh, submersible that was made uh, in order to take tourists down to the Titanic. And so uh, they took uh, five people down there, including the guy that ran the place called Ocean Gate, which I thought, and I, this guy was from San Francisco originally, I thought it was really interesting that we've got a, a controversy about a business that's taking people underwater to the Titanic, and it's called Ocean Gate. Because every controversy that we've had since Nixon, we've added the word gate to. And it's like this one came pre-wrapped, right? How do you, you think got, about that? Yeah. Right? You got waterway, Watergate, and then everything was a gate after that. Uh, Trump gate, uh, Hillary gate, uh, Obama gate, whatever it is you want to call it. And this already is Ocean Gate. So it's just, it's already got a bow on it. So this thing uh, was going down to the Titanic. Uh, as a submersible, it can't power itself around like a submarine can. It has to, it has to go back to its mothership, basically. So they released this thing, and they're supposed to have communications with it every 15 minutes. They send a text message, which I thought was interesting, using um, some uh, uh, technologies uh, to, to, to transmit down. It's not like they've got cell phones down there, but it is the equivalent of a text message using the, the sonar tech that they have. Suddenly they didn't get a they didn't get a return message, so then they're going, uh oh, we've got a problem. They waited another fifteen minutes because there's supposed to be a communication back and forth every fifteen minutes. Nothing happened. They said, uh, "Hey, Coast Guard, we got a problem." So we haven't heard from them since. This was Sunday. They have about ninety. What do they say? Ninety six hours of of uh, air oxygen, and we don't know exactly. That's a that's a rough estimate based on the emergency reserves. We don't even know, since they stopped communicating, it's not as though we know exactly what happened. Did the communication systems fail? Did the, the ship uh, sink to the bottom? Uh, we don't know if the ship is even in one piece. We really don't have any idea because uh, it just disappeared. And if this thing has had a compromised uh, hull, a situation where the, the hull got punctured, for instance... And it's been known to happen in those waters. It happened to this big ship one time about 110 years ago that the hull got punctured. 
although I don't believe there's any icebergs in the area this time around, uh, if there were some issue with it where it was compromised, it would have folded and been crushed uh, by the pressure of the ocean like a, like a, a soda can under your feet, just crunch. It would have been instantaneous death for everyone on board. That may have happened. We don't know. It's also possible that there that it is simply floating uh, suspension somewhere between the surface and the, the ocean floor, 13,000 feet below, more than two miles below, somewhere in this column, perhaps being pushed around by the different ocean currents, and they've searched an area now twice the size of Connecticut. Uh, I don't know exactly what the dimensions of Connecticut are, but I, it sounds big. So this is a pretty sizable search area that they're going after. If you missed it, there was news yesterday that came out, uh, came out that said, we heard some banging. What does that mean? We heard banging. CNN talked with uh, a deep-sea explorer and oceanographer, David Gallo, who is also with the RMS Titanic Institute. One of, the, uh, one of his partners is on this vessel. He's an explorer who's uh, with this RMS Titanic Institute, and this is the group that's actually in charge. They're the only ones that have salvage capabilities from the Titanic. And he was on CNN, and they, he was asked about, what does this mean? And he was sort of remarkably calm, but also pretty credible. Uh, here's what he said. What does this development tell you? Well, it's immediately the first thing is it uh, gets your hopes uh, go skyrocketing up, but also it makes you think that, wow, you know, time is really now against us. So it really encourages you to do something, but do it quickly. Uh, be, because, uh, you know, anyway, there, you have to be, there's a little bit of caution here because if you remember Malaysian Air, uh, there were all sorts of bangs and beeps and pops heard uh, that were positively this or that and turned out to be none of those things. Uh, I'm not taking away from this, but you know, it gets the hopes of the families and loved ones up. Uh, and it does cause an, an upbeat in, in terms of let's get this uh, show underway. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at it as a very positive sign. And now the next question is, how, how do we find out and uh, how do we investigate right away? Yeah. About what and these David, sounds, maybe? What about what about the every 30 minute interval? What does that tell you? Yeah. If you're unfamiliar with this, the original uh, notice that there was some sort of a banging sound, they said, well, it, it was banging and then it stopped and then it started again 30 minutes later, which was sort of an interesting time marker which made it seem abnormal, unnatural, for instance. I don't know. You know, I'm thinking PH, my, my dear, my closest friend and uh, colleague is out there on that sub, and uh, he knows what he's doing, and maybe he figured that that's the best way to have them recognize where the errors did. Right, create some sort of a pattern in that way. But there wasn't, I mean, if, if it were me, I, I think if I were to do the banging every 30 minutes, I'd be doing an SOS banging. Right? That would be unmistakable. But what do I know? I'm not on the thing. Um, don't you, I'm not don't trying you to think that they, they, they've kind of gone over that and, and explained what kind of banging to do? I think I heard something about every 30 minutes. Yeah. If, right? If you, I'm sorry yeah. if you somebody just came in and was talking to That's me. Okay. So if, if you already went over this, I apologize. Yeah, every 30 minutes. But, but also, I guess this is, is it every 30 minutes because it's intentional or coincidental? 
That's why I say if it were an SOS call. I think it's supposed to, if it's an SOS call, it's supposed to be every 30 minutes. Right, but then it would also be very specific. Correct. That three taps, right. three fast taps, three right. slow taps, right? That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. But I do know this. They're set to run out of air tomorrow, and it goes from being a, a rescue mission to a recovery mission. Can you imagine what that the CEO is saying <laughs> or what he has said? Uh, I, uh, sorry? I'll give you a refund? I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine the conversation. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that CEO because he's come up in topics of conversation in the past. I want to go over that a little bit as we are going to hash this out over the next few weeks about whether or not this disaster could have been avoided. And just like shark attacks, the answer is yes, don't go in the water. But that's not really practical. Could this have been avoided uh, through better planning and better leadership? That's next. Chris Marilyn for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at Legal Shield com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. As we talk about this Titan submersible, the Titan submersible is the tourist uh, sub that goes down to the Titanic. It has been missing since Sunday. 
And according to one guy that's been on this a few times, actually, his name is uh, uh, Mike uh, Reese, I believe. Uh, Mike Reese telling ABC News that his submersible lost contact with its host ship on all four of his dives, including the one trip that he took to the Titanic. Now, this uh, this dive sub went elsewhere, too, not just the Titanic, but it went elsewhere. He said no GPS, and the crew took three hours to find the Titanic, despite landing just 500 yards from the ship. So it doesn't have any GPS. They don't know where they are. And it's dark. You can't see anything, so it took them three hours to find it, even though they weren't that far away. Now, Reese said that when he uh, dove with this uh, Ocean Gate vessel, the Titan, he signed a waiver that mentions death three times on the first page. He said, it's always in the back of your head that this is dangerous and any small problem will turn into a major catastrophe. I'm sure it is in the back of your head, but do you believe it? And I got to believe that with the clientele going down on this thing, the answer is no. They don't believe it. They're billionaires. What could happen to me? Wow. One guy is a billionaire explorer. What could happen to me? I got billions of dollars. Certainly no one's going to take my money and put me in an unsafe vessel. Oh, there'd be hell to pay. No. Because you're not immortal. You're just rich. It's a big difference. And I think sometimes people who are uber wealthy forget that difference. Wealth is not immortality. But they tend to think they can do as they please with very few consequences. Now, mind you, this is going to happen again. As we have more and more of these wealthy adventurers, it will happen again. Maybe not on a dive to the Titanic. But there will be people trying to get money from the billionaires. And it may be a billionaire trying to get money from the billionaires by sending up, say, into space, space tourism. We already know that this happens. We have space tourism now, right? Well, what happens when something goes awry? It will. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when. We'll be sitting back here on Earth, and we'll be staring at the heavens, and we'll be wondering, will they get to him in time? Oh, they they cut loose from the, from the tourist space station. Can we get a ship out to them? Can we catch up before they get too far away as it's hurtling through space? This is going to happen. This isn't just sci-fi. It's just future. It's simple predictions. It will happen. We'll have someone that will get ejected from some sort of a space vessel, and there will be a question about whether or not we can retrieve them in time. It will happen. The question is, will it be an astronaut, or will it be a scientist, or will it be some sort of a space tourist that this happens to? But it will happen. And at that point, we're going to learn everything about whatever the, the, uh, the vessel in space is. We're going to learn about whether or not they cut corners. We're going to learn about whether or not they had safety contingencies in plan. We're going to learn about whether or not there was a rescue plan in place. And that's what we're learning right now about this dive vessel from OceanGate. OceanGate faced a pretty sizable lawsuit uh, over whether or not it was equipped to safely dive all the way down to the Titanic. An employee complained specifically that the sub was not capable of descending to such extreme depths. That that uh, employee who raised those concerns was then fired. 
New Republic is reporting this uh, court documents in a 2018 case. The employee, David Lockbridge, a submersible pilot, said he was worried about the safety of the sub. He was the director of marine operations for Oceangate at the time, saying he was responsible for the safety of all crew and clients. And the concerns that Lockridge voiced came to light as part of a breach of contract case related to Lockridge refusing to greenlight manned tests of the early models of the submersible over safety concerns. So basically, he says, I want to see what's going on. I want to see the, the, I want to see the test results. I want to see the science before we put somebody in here, before we actually risk somebody's life. I want to see what the science says first. And they said, no. And he said, well, then I can't, I can't tell you it's okay. And they said, okay, well, you're fired. So then uh, they sued him for disclosing confidential information about the Titan. This is the submersible, the sub. So Lockridge then fired a, uh, filed a counterclaim uh, claiming wrongful termination because he was a whistleblower. Basically what he said is, they didn't have any way of testing uh, the the hull, the structure of this submersible. And so because there was no way to test it, because the technology to test it without actually sending it down didn't exist, he couldn't sign off on that. He couldn't say, yes, I certify this to go to 4,000 uh, meters when he only knew it to be capable to go to 1,500 meters. So they said, well, that's that's not good enough for us. That's not cool, man. You're fired. He said, no, you're in trouble. So what ends up happening? They settle it. We still don't know if it was certified. We don't know if it had, it had qualified. We just don't know. So could this have been avoided? The truth is we don't know what happened, so we don't know if it could have been avoided. But here's what I do know. There certainly wasn't a contingency plan in place. What they had for a contingency plan is if something goes wrong, dump your weight and you'll float to the surface. That was it. I mean, that's what that's what the deal is on this, is that it's got weights that drag the vessel down. And if there's a problem, they can manually dump the weights from inside and the vessel is supposed to pop back up to the surface. Now, once that vessel gets to the surface, they can't open the hatch from inside. That seems like a design flaw to me. But I'm not there. I don't know for sure. We do know that if that's if that vessel somehow surfaces and all of our searchings, let's say that everyone on that vessel is unconscious from a lack of oxygen, but still alive and the vessel somehow pops up and we don't even see it until it hits the surface of the water. We can't we have to get somebody there to let them out, even if they have a, a, a just a, a, a blip of consciousness, they couldn't just simply open the hatch. It seems, again, like a design flaw. Maybe it's not. But I do know that we're, it was design flaws that, that doomed one Apollo mission. I know that it was because people couldn't open the hatch from the inside that men perished in, in the, uh, the Apollo uh, disaster on the pad. Seems, again, like a design flaw. I think we're going to see some politicians that are going to grandstand on this. They're going to try to make hay. While the, sun, while the sun still shines, as they say. There is something else that caught my attention. It's maybe the, I don't know, the dark underbelly of, of wealthy humanity here. It's the son of this British explorer. You would think 
I should say stepson. I don't know. Maybe they don't have that great bond. Maybe he didn't celebrate Father's Day. But you would think if your billionaire explorer stepfather is stuck on a submersible and he is potentially fighting for his life, you would be worried. You would probably want to travel to the base of operations. You would want to be in communication with the rescue uh, crews as much as you could. At the very least, you would be sitting by the phone, right? No, not the case. No. In fact, um, Shaz is his name. S-Z-A-S-Z. Brian Shaz is the stepson of the British billionaire Hamish Harding, who is on the uh, the exploration submersible. And what did he do on Monday night? He did what any true American would do. He went to a Blink-182 concert in San Diego. Oh, yeah, my, my father's fighting for his life. I just thought I'd taken this concert. He... Uh, he says, well, listen, it might be distasteful being here, but my family would want me to be at the Blood, the Blink-182 show as it's my favorite band, and music helps me in difficult times. Hey, if any of my kids are listening, uh, if ever I go missing, I do not want you to go to the concert. I don't, I actually want you to miss your favorite band. Yeah, because I would like to think I'm your favorite stepfather. Oh, you're too Kay? sensitive. I know, aren't I? You really I'm are. just bitter. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. I might not be there tomorrow, but the band will be. And as a billionaire, you're probably going to inherit a little bit of cash, <laughs> which means you can just travel to the next show. You may want to put that in your will. If you don't show up, if you get something, nothing. You get nothing, right. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if this is the stepson's like, oh, stepdaddy's dying. Well, I guess that's 500 mil my way. I, I know it's cynical, and maybe that's not the case. But I got no evidence to show otherwise. All right. Uh, you may have a new passenger in your car, whether you like it or not. It's next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. You're getting ready to wind down your hump day. Your commute may start getting more engaging and dangerous. Thanks to the scariest two letters in America of 2023, AI. Sure, you got somebody to talk to, but frankly, you'd be safer to just listen to Tim Conway Jr. I know I will be. Livewire, uh, Lifewire, excuse me, um, with the story why AI chatbots in your car could be a distraction nightmare. Mercedes-Benz announcing plans to add ChatGPT to its cars. The software would make voice commands more fluid. It could also engage in conversations. However, some people say the concept could lead to problems. Now listen, I'm all for making the voice commands more fluid. I had one of the, the early iterations. My wife had a, a an 09, I called it her mom Mercedes. It had what they called the command system. Now, if you remember those, the, the early navigation, the early computer systems in the vehicles were clunky. You had to have the exact terminology, right? You had to say, uh, command, find destination, uh, you know, uh, Riverside, whatever. And it had to be the, you know, the city, the name, the road, all that other stuff. It was really clunky. But we've gotten better with that, right? Our series, our our um, uh, our Alexas, our whatever else, Bing's, all these other things, right? Where it's really simple, and you can say, "Hey, give me directions to the closest pizza place," right? That's kind of an that's sort of early AI. Uh, 
So being able to do that in a vehicle right now is very appealing. They say the potential downside of having the technology in your vehicle would be taking the driver's focus off the road to interact with the AI system. Depending on the types of queries that are being asked of the system, drivers may become distracted, and this could be dangerous, leading to a potential accident. Of course it could be. Of course it could. According to Mercedes, soon participants who ask the voice assistant for details about their destination to suggest a new dinner recipe or to to answer a complex question will receive a more comprehensive answer while keeping their hands on the wheel and eyes on the road. Because when I'm driving, what I need to know is, what's a good dinner recipe? Oh, I'm going to have two cups of buttermilk. I don't have any of that. Now, here's what freaks me out. I, I like the idea that there's going to be a smarter interaction with the electronics in our vehicle, but I don't like this. The CEO of Modulus is an AI expert, Richard Gardner, and he said that the AI could learn your driving habits, including your preferred routes, which a lot of our phones already do. Chat GPT could help you in relegating instructions uh, hands-free or set alarms or schedule appointments. That's great. However, that would probably increase how much your brain is distracted from driving. And here's what he says. In some cases, it may divert a driver's attention away from the road because chat GPT continues to struggle with hallucinations and inaccuracy. Tim Conway Jr. is a much hey safer partner to have on the way home. And Tim, I don't know about hey you, but I'm a little worried about the AI having its own hallucinations. Okay. Well, first of all, Mark Thompson's here as well. Yeah, uh, I know Chris you know, for years. Hey! Tuesday, but he's coming on 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 a very special Wednesday. Mm. Yeah, this this AI is uh, is sensational. I I you know the more I look at it, the more I listen to it. I'm like, okay, it's not bad. Look, it'll put everybody out of work and destroy society. But uh, hey, I'm on AI side. No. I don't know. It's yeah, a, I think that's a great idea, especially when it's hallucinating, because who, who couldn't use more hallucinations exactly in their right. lives? But, he, but yeah. Chris, this is what I heard. Yeah. I heard from a guy who knows AI, knows yeah. AI, and yeah. he said, don't go after AI on the radio. Oh, really? Oh, really? They can mm-hmm. sh- they, AI can shut off your computer, mm. your your electricity, your gas, your water. They can call cops Tim, are you there? House. Tim? Yeah. Tim, are you there? Yeah. Tim, are you there? Yeah. Am I still on the air, guys? All right. Oh, he's Am gone. Still- he's gone. Yeah. They got him. <laughs> <laughs> they got him. Um, anyway, uh, tonight uh, we have a, a really cool hour at uh, at six o'clock. We're talking to David Friendly and Kevin Pollack, uh, a very uh, 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 huge actor. Uh, it's called Blood on the Green Felt, and it's all about this one hand in a in a poker game that got out of control. So Ooh. that's yeah, it's going to be a really cool. But also, Alex Stone, one of my favorite reporters, coming on with us from ABC, talking about greatest the, uh, guy ever, talking about the Coast Guard. And then we have Colonel Terry Virts, who's on everything. He's on ABC, NBC, CBS. Now he's going to come on with us. He was on with us last night as well. And then also awesome. Captain Dan uh, uh, Olivas uh, as well, uh, talking about the uh, L.A. fire and rescue. We got a lot on the plate tonight. Wow, a big lot. show yeah. and Mark yeah. Thompson. Yeah, glad to be here. And we're going to change, gonna change yeah. the name of the show to uh, on, on the Fence. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> because you're not going to take a position on anything? That's, I'm not going to take any positions on anything. No, good plan. It's a lot safer. That's a how you get ahead in life. You know. That's either how you build audience or lose audience. If you start doing what... the, you know, the men and women are different, man. You're gone. That's right. Done. Gone. That's it. You got to tell right, everybody uh, everybody's the same. Right. Tim Conway Jr., Mark right. Thompson, next. It's been a pleasure being with you guys. Looking forward to the next time. All Chris right. Merrill for Johnny Ken. Hey, bud. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app.
Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com.